take your message of equality of achievement, take your message of economic dependency, take your message of enslaving the entrepreneurial will and spirit of the American people somewhere else. You can take it to Europe, you can take it to the bottom of the sea, you can take it to the North Pole, but get the hell out of the United States of America. That's Alan West, the Tea Party dandy and favorite, telling Obama and Pelosi and Reid and all the rest of them Democrats to take their policies of what? Income equality, right? Uh, opportunity, etc. Just take it to the bottom of the sea. Just get the hell out of the United States. That's what the Republicans would like to see, particularly the Tea Party. Why don't all of you people we don't agree with, that we loathe, that make us uneasy, just get the hell out. Remember, if you don't like America, go back from where you came from. I guess they think Obama's going to go to Nigeria. Nancy Pelosi will go to what? Italy. Harry Reid, I guess that's, that's uh, way back there in Ireland, whatever. But this is the level at which the Republican dialogue has sunk. Okay, it gets better. Here's Reince Priebus, the head of the Republican National Committee, making a very interesting comparison between our president and a recently inflammatory criminal, or shall we say, captain, soon criminal. Captain Scatino, you know, the captain that fled the ship uh, in Italy. That's our own president who's fleeing the American people and not doing his job and running around the country and campaigning. And here's former chairman of the RNC, Michael Steele, and his take on this. Well, you know, I think it's an unfortunate analogy. I mean, people died in that situation. Yeah, so I, I, think it's, I think it's, again, you know, cute by nowhere. And I think the reality of it is the RNC, the party, has got to come to the country with a message. They haven't done that. They dropped the ball. And while we're wallowing in this maritime metaphor, here's an ad by Mark Oxner, a Florida Republican <laughs> running for the House, who puts President Obama at the wheel of his own slave ship. I got free health care for life. My bank was bailed out by this ship. This ship stimulated my husband's solar company. How did this boat pay for all this stuff? Uh, no questions on this ship. Earn, earn, earn! Don't you care about the banks? Don't you care about the 99%? Earn, earn, earn! Let's not enslave our children with debt. It's time to turn this ship around. I'm Mark Oxner and I'm running for Congress. Enslave our children? A, an equal sign between that captain, that drunk captain who killed 16 people and our president who's leaving us, abandoning us so we can go on the campaign trail. And hey, all you Democrats with your ideas that make me nervous, get the hell out of America. I tell you, the right wing is scared to death. You can always tell when they become rude, crude, when the deep yahoo comes out, you know that they're, they're afraid, really. And they have a good reason to be afraid, because the Republicans, in general, are desperately unhappy with the people who are running. A new Pew Research poll finds Republicans remain unimpressed, that's, that's putting it mildly, with our party's presidential field. In fact, 
More Republicans and Republican-leaning independents say the GOP field is only fair or poor. 52% of Republicans, the majority of Republicans, look at who's running. Gingrich and, you know, Romney, they go, uh, fair or poor. Now, in January, that was only 44%. So we're talking about 8% rise in the fair and poor evaluation. By comparison, just 46% of Republican voters have positive opinions of the GOP field. Okay, less than half think it's a good deal they're being offered. At about this point four years ago, 68% of Republicans and GOP-leaning voters rated the field as excellent or good. So you go from two-thirds excellent or good to 52%. I'm going to have to hold my nose on this one. So what's going on out there? What's the great mystery of 2012? As we say, what's up? Well, a senior Republican journalist said it has to be, referring to Gingrich, Santorum, Romney, Paul, and all others hiding in the closet, it has to be the weakest field I can remember. Each of these candidates has in his character, in his history, in his idea set, never mind disqualifying, a guarantee for self-destruction. If Newt is the candidate, he'll lose badly. If Mitt is the candidate, he'll lose slightly less badly. So what you have is an almost complete guarantee that if they, these are the candidates, Barack Obama will be reelected. A veteran Democrat says, I think Romney will be the nominee, okay? But he has unplumbed weaknesses. He's such a terrible candidate. So we find out after all that Romney really is deep. Yes, unplumbed weaknesses says the Democratic Tyro, when he's competent, he's memorizing the talking points and delivering them with a mechanical energy. There's no mind at work, no evidence that he understands how to do this. You don't see a brain working, do you? I agree that Romney did seem unusually flabby on the stage. That won't matter in the end, the Democratic Observer judged. Mormonism is a great problem. When he said the other night that his father was born in Mexico, do you know why? because the Mormons had gone there to escape prosecution for polygamy. The GOP are bashing each other up something terrible. John Avalon reports that a staggering 92% of the political ads run in Florida over the last week have been negative. 92%. $20 million worth of airtime, and most of it just negative and awful. You're trying to watch reruns of Judge Judy, and you're being pounded by Newt and Mitt. Poor Floridians. He says, Avalon says, this tsunami of sleaze, I like that, tsunami of sleaze, is being propelled by unprecedented advertising buys. The Romney campaign and its associated super PAC, Reverse Our Future, excuse me, Restore Our Future, have spent $15.3 in Florida over the past month alone. To put this in perspective, John McCain spent $11 million on ads during his entire 2008 primary campaign. The big bucks are rolling in, and hey, if Romney understands anything, it's how to squeeze out the big bucks. Hi, this is Mitt Romney here to ask you folks in local area an important question. Are you sick and tired of trudging off to that same old factory every morning, making widgets or packing boxes or reading dials or pushing paper? Are you thoroughly disappointed with that steady weekly paycheck that just lets you get by raising a family, paying the bills, sending your kids to college and supporting your community? Well, we can feel your pain because we're the boys from Bain. 
We've come to local area to put an end to your nightmare of slaving 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year, with nothing to show for it but a decent health plan, an adequate pension, and the satisfied feeling of living a modest, productive, and useful life. When you wake up tomorrow, it will be a brand new world. Thanks to the boys from Bain, the factory that's been exploiting you for 30 years will be shuttered and cold. All those pesky machines shipped off to sweatshops in China, and all the company's hard-earned cash carefully siphoned into the pockets of bankruptcy lawyers, Wall Street speculators, and the friendly free marketers at Bain Capital. That's us with the cash stuffed into our suits and mouths. Look at the carefree, self-satisfied expressions on our shiny white faces. That can be you in just a short time, because we've freed you to pursue the American dream. Reinvent yourself. Become the CEO of your own startup. Be reincarnated as the child of a multimillionaire auto executive. Abandon your family and join a cult. Sell pictures of yourself on the internet. Or join the other 25 million Americans enthusiastically coping with the unexpected opportunities of structural unemployment. We're the boys from Bain Capital. A vaguely regulated, over-leveraged, compassion-free poster child of vulture capitalism. I'm Mitt Romney, and I've never seen this ad. Romney doesn't have the foggiest idea what it means to be poor. Nor does Newt, nor does Rick, nor does Ron, and they don't care. Well, what does it mean to be poor in America in 2012? If it means living at or below the poverty line, then 15% of Americans, some 46 million people qualify. But if it means living with a decent income and hardly any savings so that one piece of bad luck, one major financial blow could land you in serious lasting trouble, then it's a much larger number. In fact, it's almost half the country. Ah, visions of Walker Evans. The resources that people have. They are using up those resources, said Jennifer Brooks, Director of State and Local Policy at the Corporation for Enterprise Development in Washington, D.C. It's an advocacy group. They're living off their savings. They are at the end of their rope. Well, you know what's at the end of the rope. It's people who are hanging themselves. The group issued a report today examining so-called liquid asset property households. The people who aren't living below the poverty line but don't have enough money saved to weather a significant emergency. Imagine the stress this causes. One bad blip, one bad uh, medical situation, and you're done. You're poor. You're out. According to the report, 43% of households in America, some 127.5 million people, are liquid asset poor. If one of these households experiences a sudden loss of income caused, for example, by a layoff or a medical emergency, it will fall below the poverty line within three months. People in these households simply don't have enough cash to make it for very long in a crisis. And that's almost half the households in this incredibly wealthy nation. Because? Because why? Because the 1% have sucked it all away. And we've been asleep living our flat screen reality. Couch potatoes being fried by the rich. It's time we do something about this. The findings underscore the struggles of many Americans during what has often seemed like an economic recovery in name only. In fact, that's how the media takes care of it. Just name it. It's a recovery. Call it the Great Recession. Yes, while the Great Recession, which I consider to be a 
Bonafide depression officially ended more than two years ago. Officially ended? Who are the officials? These are people that are being paid good salaries. How would they know when it ends? What? They look at their Excel spreadsheet and say, hey, the bad times are over. Anyway, unemployment remains high and wages have barely budged for most workers. For more people, whether they draw a paycheck or not, a life free of deprivation and financial anxiety seems perpetually out of reach. These people, including myself, I'm not speaking here in the abstract, must rise. Now is the time. The Republicans represent that pimple on our body politic. The 1%, the plutocrats who are indeed sucking us dry. Well, it's time we took some whoop-ass to them suckers. This is Peter Bergman, and it's been Radio Free Oz in your ears for February 1st. 2012. Hey, become an Ozaneer. Get on board. Support this rant. Go on up to RadioFreeOz.com. Join up. Three bucks a month. Taking off your credit card. You won't even notice it. You can't even get a good latte for 3000 Excuse me, $3. I guess I have visions of hyperinflation. In any case, dime a day, darling. Let's see it. huh? And remember, We're all going to get through this together.